Yeah, so congratulations. Glory to God. You did it. Yeah, amen. Praise God. I'm just so honored to be part of this church family, I tell you. And, uh, you know, it's not so much all the times the big public things, but, uh, you know, I had a meeting last night, which I don't always have. I try not to accept evening meetings if I can. But I, I took one. It was necessary, and I was happy to do it. And, uh, but because of that, we had a, a, just a, a fellow in need that he said, I saw the light on, and I was desperate and came in and, and was able to just have a moment with him. And then he came in today, and we got to visit. And, uh, um, you know, it's not, nobody's business to say what he was going through, but, uh, you know, it was just another wonderful, touching moment to get to reach out to a hurting heart. And you know what, moments like that, if that's why we spent all of it to be here so a light could shine and someone desperate who doesn't know us from anybody who's reaching out for help could find some. And now, if, if that's not what we're about, then what are we about, right? And uh, so anyway, praise God. Well, last week, if you were here, we got to talking about practical prosperity. And uh, practical prosperity, I, you know, well, the Bible is so practical. Amen. It's obviously deeply, deeply spiritual and supernatural. But it doesn't mean that it's not very, very practical and hands-on. And as I said last week, if you were not here, I'll, I'll repeat it, that back in the summer, uh, I was at Pastor Nancy's big meeting, uh, camp meeting, they call it, in California. And the Lord often will minister to me and talk to me while I'm away. And uh, he said, I want you to do a follow-up on your book, your Prosperous Journey book. And you can call it Practical Prosperity. He began to deal with me about a side of prosperity that, uh, that evidently is being neglected. And, and I've seen some folks in my own pastoral ministry suffer uh, because of over-investing on one side of how prosperity comes to the neglect of the other. We talked about that. I don't want to totally rehearse that. But, you know, we've learned about the power of, just like we were talking about, sowing and reaping. That's, that's totally, it's supernatural. It's spiritual. How is it that you give money away in God's kingdom and that He, he molded? That's just the way He does. That's just the way He rolls. It's the way He works. And thank God for that flow. And uh, God does work financial miracle. How many of you have had, you've been rescued, turned around, you didn't know how you made it, but you got on the other side of it? Well, thank God for that. And God can and will continue to work financial miracles in these last days to get us where we need to be. But there is also an everyday flow. Uh, an everyday flow that we cannot neglect. Amen. And so if we just try to reach the highest of what God has for us in any area, only by what I call the super spiritual method alone, you're going to fall short. Right. You're going to fall short. Right. Amen. Same thing is true if you, you swing over here into the ditch on the other side, and you're only go, if you're going to get it, you're going to reach God's standard, but only through natural methods alone. You're going to fall way short, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. But we're smart people in this church. We're smart. We can... Get it, right? Why not just embrace both? You know, as I was walking out of the service last uh, week and going back to my office, uh, it just kind of came up to me the word supernatural. You know, it's not the word super spiritual. It's not super 
spiritual. What is it? Supernatural. The word natural is in supernatural. And so we can, there's, a, there's an element of the natural that we must pay attention to to qualify for God's super. God will put His super on what? Your natural. So I, th- I think we get this right. We are not going to arrive until, unless we embrace the whole counsel of God's Word. We, we can't just get excited about confession and Philippians 4.19. Now thank God for it. My God shall supply. Have you said it today? You're behind if you haven't said it today. My God shall supply all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But there, that's not the only scripture that touches our prosperity. Amen. And so anyway, one of the things that the Lord had, had me instructed me, I believe, for, for us to touch on in this area of just talking about some of the things that the Word instructs us about on the natural side is diligence. Yeah. Is diligence. Amen. And so here in Hebrews chapter 6, uh, begin working, uh, reading along with me uh, in verse number 11. It says, And we desire that every one, how many does this affect? Every one. So everyone say, That's me. Okay, so he's talking to me, right? He's talking to me. And we desire that me, every one of you, do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope. For how long must we be diligent? Until the end. Come on, until this thing is over, till your life is done, till your race is complete, diligence is called for. I said, diligence is called for. Then he flips the coin over and admonishes us on the other side. Verse 12, that you be not slothful. What ought we to be? Diligent. What are we not supposed to be? Slothful. What's another word for slothful? Lazy. Now, who in here is lazy? You see... You know, Lizzie, guys, don't be intimidated, but I got all these scriptures. I got them all from the Bible. And over and over and over and over again, talking to lazy people. And yet, isn't it interesting? I can't find any. You ever wonder that, Jerry? You, you ever ask anybody, are you lazy? And they go, yeah, I am. I'm just lazy. I'm the laziest cur you ever met. No, isn't that, isn't that funny, Brother John? No one is going to admit. Few people are just that rawly honest about themselves. And most people honestly don't see the laziness in their life in areas. But we're going to shine the light on it tonight. Amen. You know, come on. Let's be real and be honest, okay? All of us about something at some point in your life. That got us all, right? All of us in some area at some point have been lazy. Just flat slothful. And because we all have flesh on our bones, 
And being lazy is one of the flesh's favorite things. Right? So if we're going to walk in diligence, we're not going to do it because of a personality trait. Some of our personalities and our upbringings help us more than what other people got. Like mine, I'm just, I don't need a lot of outside motivation. I don't need a cattle prodder behind me to get me going in most things. I'm pretty self-driven. And if I have, uh, you know, a problem, especially when it just comes to the natural side of work, that I can, like a lot of folks, overdo that. Now, especially as I've learned in ministry, my, my primary labor is in study, mm-hmm. in sitting still, mm-hmm. in being quiet, mm-hmm. being by myself. Right. But if you know anything about me, that's tough. Yeah, that's right. and, uh, and praying and being before the Lord. And for someone who was brought up thinking, you're not worth nothing if you're not killing some pigs and bringing home some bacon and all that kind of jazz, you know. But the Lord, you see, you have to renew your mind. My kind of, my work is a different kind of work. But it's still work. The New Testament talks about that those who labor well in the word and in doctrine are to be counted, you know, worthy of double honor. So he called that a labor. So there's all kinds of labor. I mean, I've been around stay-at-home mom. She's not really a stay-at-home mom anymore. Uh, she's a stay-at-home mom and a full-time this and a part-time that and just everything else. Uh, and, but when she would just stay-home mom, that's work. I said, that's labor. And, uh, you know, it takes diligence. So here we see in this text that every one of us is called upon in the Word to show diligence all the way to the end of our race and to not be slothful. Amen. And uh, so let's get back over into the book of Proverbs tonight. How about that? And let's go to Proverbs chapter 6. And let me meddle a while. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 6. Diligence has a lot, 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 lot to do with your prosperity. And... If we are sufficiently lazy, it will produce poverty. And so, how do the natural and the supernatural dynamics work together? Well, God reigns blessing and grace and favor supernaturally upon the diligent, not the lazy. And so, by being diligent naturally... We live our life in such a way that He can rain down, He can bless that. God can't bless certain things. He won't bless certain things. He won't bless certain mindsets. He won't, they, they just kick out. Uh, they, don't, they don't flow with, they don't sync up with God and who He is and the way He rolls and the way He does things. Amen? And so just by being industrious, just by being hardworking, just by not being a quitter, just by being faithful, amen, and just just doing it, God says, I can bless that. You know, in more than two or three places, you can find in the Scriptures where it says, God blesses the what? The work. Everyone say the work. God blesses what? 
the work of our hands. Well, if our hands aren't at work, then God has nothing to bless. And He won't. Oh, we're going to have fun. In, uh, ant, uh, the title of my message tonight is Man versus Ant. How are you doing? How would you do in the ring of life with an ant? Well, before you get too bold and brash, you might let me tell you a little bit about what the Bible says about the ant and about what I've been doing a little study on ants that you might find interesting. So if you don't have steel-toed boots on, you might want to slide your feet back up under the chair a little bit more, right? <laughs> Amen. So let's read this first. Proverbs chapter 6. And I am getting a little warm. Somebody could just, just a little bit, not too much, just a little bit. So uh, Proverbs 6, verse 6. Now, what are we reading here? The Holy Writ, right? The Bible. Is this spiritual? God's Holy Word. Are we supposed to be on board with what it says? Yeah, okay. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Well, that just slaps us right upside the head right there, doesn't it? Go to the ant, lazy boy, lazy girl. It says, so go to the ant and consider her ways. Now, my spiritual father, Dr. Dr. Dufresne, when he got over into Matthew chapter 6, and he read where Jesus said about worry, you know, behold the birds, behold the fowls of the air, he took that literally. Yeah. You're supposed to go outside, Jesus said, and look at the birds at a while and think about what they have to teach you about not worrying. Well, here, before the birds... The writer of Proverbs tells us to go to the ant. So I, next summer, whenever, I encourage you. Get yourself out there. Come out to my farm. Go, whatever. Get yourself out and stand over an anthill for about 45 minutes. And just take notes. Have you guys ever gotten ants in the house? Man. And you want to talk about diligent. If you want to keep those things at bay... You, you can't leave a crumb because if one ant finds that crumb you left, what's going to happen? There'll be 4,000 of them in, in a train searching for all the others they had. They know there's a cookie around here somewhere. And when was the last time you saw an ant with its feet kicked up? Have you ever heard of a lazy ant? No, you haven't, and you won't either. I remember as kids, you know, just ornery kids, especially in Oklahoma, we had that red clay, and uh, ants everywhere, and the, all the little mounds all over the place. We'd just come along and vroom, kick those, you know, hills over and go back over the slide and whatever, and you come back along 30 minutes later, and they got that thing rebuilt. You kick it over again. You know what they're going to do? Rebuild that anthill. You kick that anthill over 30 times, what are they going to do? They're going to build it 31 times. You know what that is? Diligence. God put a trait in these little pests to teach us something. Yeah, they're pests. 
I mean, my wife, of course, she doesn't like chemicals. She tried everything to get rid of those ants. Every wives' tale, all the, I mean, every little thing she ever heard of. And, oh, man. But I tell you what, you leave about a piece of bread or something, that ant's going to be back. And all their friends. So anyway, back to this. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise. Now notice verse 7. Which having no guide or overseer or boss or ruler, what does the ant do? Provides her meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? Ouch. Man. When will you arise out of your sleep? Notice what it says. It didn't say an exorbitant amount of sleep. It says, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. And what happens to you? What did God say about your prosperity? It said, so shall your poverty come as one that travels and your want or your lack like an armed man, like a bandit, going to be suddenly overtaken with poverty and lack. How come? I'm tired. I'm sleepy. Hello. You know, I talk a lot about my favorite scripture, which is about 35 references. But my least favorite scripture, hands down, is the one in here somewhere that says, loveth not sleep. Yeah. How many of you just love some good sleep? Now, come on. And sleep is necessary, and sleep is vital, and God's not against sleep. But He is against too much sleep. I said, He is against too much sleep. And so let's consider the ant for a minute. Uh, ants, let me give you some traits I found out studying the species, the ant. Did you know an ant, the typical ant species, can lift 20 times their body weight? That means that an ant can carry the equivalent, if a 200-pound man, a two, I'm almost 200 pounds, heading the other way in Jesus' name, uh, but a 200-pound guy that had the strength of an ant could lift by himself two tons, 4,000 pounds. Well, what did we learn about an ant then? Ants are... Ants are, I'm going to say it this way, in shape. Man versus ant. Round one. How the ant does not go to the gym. The ant does not take stacked supplements. How that's a shameless plug. I want a little commission fee on that. I was just in there the other day. How does the ant get in shape, Dakota? All his work. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Here's something interesting uh, else I found out about ants. Ants are known to build structures 500 times their own height. 500 times their own height. Here's another thing. Ants refuse, like, and I alluded to this a minute ago, ants refuse to be discouraged. 
You know, someone who tends toward laziness and being sluggish and a sluggard, slothful, they're easily discouraged. Because the discouraging event in their own mind gives them an excuse to sit in a comfy chair and pout about it. It's a good place to say, oh me. Remember what I said about you? You try to destroy an ant thing, you try to, we try to bleach that thing, wipe out the trail. They, are, they refuse to be discouraged. They are not going to quit until they find the food they need to put up for the winter. They just refuse to be discouraged. One of the traits of a diligent person is they overcome all the opportunities to be discouraged. They just keep going. Amen? Listen, discouragement's going to come. You just got to keep going. Amen. Here's another trait about the ants. Ants don't procrastinate. Ants do today what needs to be done today so that when tomorrow arrives, they're ready for tomorrow. I'm going to stay right here for a second and talk real slow. Amen. You know, procrastination, that sounds like a very intelligent word. It's a very fancy word, a very clinical word, doesn't it? But it's just a fancy word for lazy. It is lazy. It is lazy to not do today what today demands. To put into tomorrow what today's needs demand is lazy. Now, we all have to prioritize. We all have to prioritize. We can't do everything that needs to be done, maybe in a single day. But if you do everything that, on the top, that de- is demanded of you today, then, the, then, then it's fine to be in tomorrow. Then it fits for tomorrow. But when it needs to be done today, and it can be done today, and the, we've all done it, and we go, uh, I just don't want to. I don't feel like it. I'm tired. How many of you have not done it because I'm tired? I'm tired. Well, here's what's going to happen. You know this. What happens? When you get to tomorrow, now you have yesterday and today. Today brought its own stuff. And then what most people do is they don't do today and yesterday again, and then you get to day after tomorrow, and you've got yesterday minus one, all of that stuff, and then yesterday and now today's stuff, and now you know what you feel? Overwhelmed. And then what happens? I'm just overwhelmed. I just can't handle all. It's all pressing in on me. It's just too much. It's just too much. And so you know what you do then? I'm just not going to do anything. I'm going to bed. I'm going to go watch a movie. And the sun goes down, and the sun comes up, and where are you at now? Four days worth. 
Hello. And some people are just looking at what looks like Mount Everest <laughs> in their life. Amen. And you're, you need mercy. You need mercy and you need a miracle and you need some help. But if you, are, if you don't stop that, you're going to have a backyard full of Everest. Dr. Dufresne would say something. It would sting every time he'd say it. He would say, you're not overwhelmed. You're just disorganized. <laughs> Ants, what does it say about the ant? They, without an, without an overseer. Have you ever seen in the morning an ant punch a time clock? Can you imagine the queen ant going into the bunkhouse? Get up! Get up! Get up, get up, get up! Winter's coming, get up, get up, get up! I demand you get up, get up, get up. No? No, they just are programmed, aren't they? And they work. And they work. And they get her done. And they take care of business. Now, there have been days in my life where... I've done it correctly. There's been days in your life where you, do, you did it correctly. I didn't feel like getting up when I was supposed to, but I did. And I didn't feel like tackling that uncomfortable task on my list, but I did. And when I got to the end of my day, I had done, I had been productive. I had done it, and I'm tired. But you feel good. You are tired, but you feel good. And you know that all of that is behind you offloading what is yet to come. And you can go to bed like you're supposed to go to bed. You sh if you go to bed tired, don't whine or cry about that. You should go to bed tired. That means you were diligent during the day. Amen? Maybe the reason is you can't sleep at night is because you're lazy during the day. Simmer down, Pastor. But I remember those days, you know, long, 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 long time ago when you don't feel good, you take off work and you laze around, watch movies and drink NyQuil and all that and drink mama's chicken soup, and then you're awake at night. Yeah. Well, you, what, what, right, you've been laying around all day. Yeah. And some people just make it a lifestyle of that. Yeah. Go over to Proverbs 26, because I know you're so happy about Proverbs chapter 6. <laughs> what does this have to do with... The reapers overtaking the sowers and the end time transfer of wealth. A whole lot. Who is God going to move supernaturally and, and put wealth on? Not the lazy. I said not the lazy. Amen. I'm kind of preaching from just a list of different scriptures here, and I, I'll find it. You're going to Proverbs 26. But, uh, you know, the Bible talks about wealth gained by uh, dishonest means or it came suddenly. One translation says it came easy. The message translation of that verse, I'll find it for you, says easy come, easy go. When money and wealth and blessing come easy, that's how it goes. The average lottery winner, the vast majority of the lottery winners, six months to a year later, will be right back in the same position or worse than they were before they. Yeah. One minister said, 
most Christians are not big enough for big money. And that's why they don't have it. And prosperity's right, and wealth is right, but God's not going to help you destroy yourself. You know, Proverbs uh, 26, verse 13. The slothful man saith, There is a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. Now, you, you could come up with your very own interpretation of it. I'd love to hear it maybe sometime. But uh, I picture this guy, and uh, he gets up and drinks his coffee, and wife goes, going to work today? And he goes, there's, a, there's lions out there. It's dangerous out there. I'm staying in today. I'm not going out there. It's dangerous out there. Going to church tonight? It's cold out there. I'm not, I can't go to church tonight. I'll just watch the live stream. My jammies. My slippers. It's cold out there. There's a lion in the streets. Can't go outside. Hey, you going, you going to that special meeting? Pastor Nancy's there. It's hot. It is hot outside. Man, it's, it's just, it's just, I have sweat all day, and I'm tired. I love what Keith Moore said, Pastor Keith Moore. He said, being tired is not a leading. Oh, that's juicy, isn't it? That is so good. It's like a lemon dry. I need to say that again. Being tired is not a leading. We're going to go to church tonight? I'm tired. The Holy Ghost must want me to rest. You lazy thing. Think of how many things you would do tired. You would. How many of you have gotten up on Black Friday in the middle of the night? For a Chinese-made TV that's junk anyway. <laughs> Dakota told me they were all junk anyway, what they sell you. Black Friday. I did that once. My wife talked me into going out. I left the house at about 3 in the morning to put my hand on a 6-foot pallet, some plastic toy we had convinced ourselves Rex had to have for Christmas. <laughs> And they were taking $20 or something off. And I stood there for hours getting a shoulder cramp. I had to go to the chiropractor. And, when they, and then there was three or four different items in the store I had to come home with. So I had to map out in my head when they say go, I'm grabbing this. And then I'm going here and taking a left. And I'm going to tackle this lady over here. And people, well, I've been to the Dillard sale on New Year's Day. At the shoe, with the shoe and purse entrance on the east side for the ladies. And that is one dangerous place to be. You need a helmet and tactical gear. And I've seen them stand out in the cold, in the wind, in the rain for hours to be one of the first to slide under the metal door when the rack thing, when they, when they start to open it. And Faith was there. She was one of them. Doe! Don't, don't. 
under there. And, and listen, you, I'm not lying. I'm not talking about speed walk to the purses. No, it's an all-out sprint. And, she, and she's on assignment for Nana and Mom, who's... She's on assignment from, for Nana, who's at home, and Mom, who's at home. We were waiting in the car where it's warm, where there's a heater. And so Faith's got three or four parts. So she gets to the, one of the first in line, right? How many did you get? You grabbed a whole table full of purses. Grab them up and, and then had to stare down the competition. Wild. Come on, guys. Let's pick on the guys. How many of you have watched a college or an NFL game? In Wisconsin. And the only thing those guys have on is a cheese head foam thing on their head. Their big bellies are hanging out, no shirt, and the snow is coming down. And they are there and happy to be there. Drunk, happy. <laughs> then Sunday morning comes around. Where is the body of Christ waiting to get under the gate, to get into the front row? of the church for prayer service to seek the face of the Almighty. Ah, oh, it's too hot. Pastor Chris keeps it too cold. Pastor Chris keeps it too hot. <laughs> what does the slothful man say? There's a lion in the street. going to work today. There's another scripture in Proverbs that talks about a man standing in the street and says, that's the Amber and I's favorite, there's a lion. It says the lazy man points and says, there's a lion in the street. Why is he lazy? I'd be running the other way. Stop. Why are you standing there going, oh, there's a lion in the street. That's what a lazy guy does. You're going to get eaten because I'm running away. Yeah. Lazy. Who are all these scriptures for that are in the Bible? And some of you, if you're thinking about laundry and your garage and your career, maybe you're the picture of diligence. But what about reading your Bible? Coming to church. What about your helps ministry position? What about your prayer life? Right. Amen. It's good. Many hard-working men and women are complete spiritual sluggards. And they need, they need to judge that. Now, let's get to verse 14. It's even better. Verse 14 says, As the door turns upon his hinges, so does the slothful man upon his bed. You guys ever had a, a door with hinges that creak? 
So pic- picture that. Creak, 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 creak. The door's moving, but it ain't going anywhere. What's the lazy man doing? Alarm goes off. <laughs> you be quiet. You be quiet. That is classified information. No, I know. Don't be talking to me about my alarm. I, I've been married. I know what she's thinking. I'm thinking it. I'm preaching to myself. And people are going to hell. And the gospel's got to be preached. The church has got to be built. People have to be witnessed to. Paychecks have to be earned. Bills have to be paid. Stuff's got to get done. Kids need a haircut. They look all mangly. (laughs) Car needs to be washed. Flower beds need to be weeded. Creak. <laughs> Creak. And what does the procrastinator say? I'm tired. I'll do it. Creak. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Is that what we see in the ant, though? No, that's, that's not what we see in the end. Skip back to Proverbs 24. Let's look at something here. Praise God. Y'all getting anything? I hope just motivation, if, if anything. Praise the Lord. A couple more of these references and we'll, we'll land the airplane tonight. Proverbs 24.30. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come as one that travels. We've read this before, right? Different reference, though. And your lack as an armed man. Now, people don't want to be judged, right? Don't judge me. You don't know me. What does this say? The wisest man other than God, Solomon, right, Solomon, says, I walked by, what did it say? I walked by the front yard, modern translation, of the lazy man. And I'll use the word garden, the garden plot of the man void of understanding. Did he make a judgment? Did he learn something? Was he able to deduce something about the owner by looking at his yard and his garden? He said, I looked at the broken down wall 
in the overgrown grass, and I received instruction. Just a little, not a lot, just a little oversleep, a little neglect, and how quickly things can get beyond you. He says it's not wise. And notice what that produced. Not blessing. I said not blessing. Poverty. Not prosperity. Poverty. Poverty. I uh, heard a couple of just quick accounts that that are relevant. When um, Dr. Dufresne and his, you know, his plane crash, you know, Brother Mitch was their longtime pilot. And uh, so, uh, in the aftermath of everything, uh, God began to deal with Pastor Nancy about aviation still part of, still part of the need and the vision for your ministry. So they began to move in faith to prepare for uh, another aircraft, you know. And they're, they're still in that mode today. But one of the things they did was they wanted to hire a staff person who could do other things, but who could go through all the process and become an experienced pilot. Well, Dean Graves, Dean Graves, his son Josh, uh, what, how's he say? He's serving in their media department right now, publications, filling orders, doing all, he does a lot. And he's become a good friend of mine. And um, anyway, uh, Pastor Nancy had begun to think about him as a candidate. He is, uh, reti- uh, he's not retired from the Air Force, but he was in the Air Force for many years, did combat missions and flew airplanes. But he's not in the military anymore and loves God and honorable and in the camp. And she happened to be at a meeting where he was attending. And without saying anything, Pastor Nancy went out and opened his truck and inspected all his stuff and found it in order and pristine. She offered them a job. She's, he's, work, he's in the ministry today. He's moving ahead with the plan of God today. You want to know why? He cleaned his truck. He kept his stuff right. Now, is that a spiritual decision? Yes, it is. Is it in line with the Word? then it's got to be deeply spiritual. Come on. You wouldn't think that your pastor could disqualify you in the light of the word by driving by your house. But he could. And he has. People that I think for staff positions, I, I look at that kind of thing. Brother Hagen did the same thing. Uh, st- ongoing staff or people he was considering to hire an interview, he would show up at their house unannounced. And you know, he's Brother Hagin. That's Brother Hagin. What are you going to say to Brother Hagin? He said, I'd like to come in. What are you going to say to Brother Hagin? No. I'm real messed up right now in my house. No. No. So he would come in and he would find the man's sock drawer and underwear drawer and pull stuff out and find out if it's in order or not. Y'all going to stay up late tonight, aren't you? <laughs> and that, that helped him. Now, you want to talk about someone, I don't know anyone more spiritual on the earth at that time. Bro- me, in my estimation, Brother Hagin. 
How's he making his hiring decisions? Sean, don't go. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he prayed in the Holy Ghost. Checking sock drawers. Uh-huh. Driving by and looking at lawns. Hallelujah. You remember those scriptures from last week? The hand of the slothful will enter into tribute or forced label, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. The Bible says the hand of the diligent will bear rule. They will have authority. They will be promoted. The Bible says that the soul of the diligent will be made fat or prosperous. It says that the thoughts of the diligent only lead to plenteous, plentiness, plenteousness. Then it, I like this, Proverbs twenty two twenty nine says, Do you see a man diligent in his business? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before mean men. A man diligent in his business, he will stand before kings. He will not stand before mean men. Hallelujah. Diligence, guys and gals, and overcoming our flesh's tendency to be lazy is an ongoing and daily fight. I said it's an ongoing and daily fight. And uh, praise the Lord. But it is our job with the Lord's help to be determined wherever our flesh is weak, that we, or wherever really our flesh is out of control, let me say it that way, that by the grace of God and the Lord's help, we're going to crucify our flesh and, and win our flesh. The Bible says, He that has rule over his own spirit is greater than a man that could take a city. You say like Rambo, and he can come and he can deliver the whole village all by himself. The Bible says, a man that has rule over his own spirit is greater than the one that could take a city by warfare. There's great increase, great blessing, great promotion, great, great, great prosperity waiting on the one who will develop themselves in diligence. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. You could zip up your Bible. I want to read you this reference I thought was so good, and then we'll be done. Hallelujah. Bless God, I'm going to grow. Where I'm not diligent, I'm going to get diligent. Praise God. I'm not lazy in every area, but I, I've got some work to do in a few areas for sure. Amen. Amen. So, I'm going to read this to you, and I'm done. Proverbs 13, 11. This is in the Amplified. I like it. Wealth not earned, but one in haste or unjustly or from the production of things that are vain will dwindle away. That kind of wealth dwindles away. But he who gathers how? Little by little will increase. In our efforts to become and experience the fullness of the prosperity God's made available for us, Stop. I know we're faith people. I'm a faith person, but a lot of faith people are waiting for the big score. They're waiting for the big suddenly. You know what I mean? And thank God, I'm believing for suddenlies. But if you're not willing to gather little by little, you're missing out on a flow. The everyday flow of prosperity and wealth increase. And you're waiting for your ship to come in. And if you would just tithe <laughs> instead of eating the seed, if you would just uh, have a piggy bank and put some money in it every week, 
you would be amazing how fast that money would accumulate. And you wouldn't be an absolute stress out, I need mental health counseling because I had a flat tire. You've got some money. We've got to get this financial thing turned around, church. Amen. You know, a hot water tank going out at your place ought to not be an earth-shaking, wake-up-the-pastor-in-the-middle-of-the-night kind of crisis in your life. You ought to have some money saved. Proverbs 13, 11. Its translation in New Living says, Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. And there's a lot of get-rich-quick schemes on Christian television. Write me a thousand dollars, I'll send you a prophecy. The one who sends me, you know, $1,227.56, God's going to wipe out their debt in 30 days. Don't fall for that. I said, don't fall for that. That gives us prosperity, real prosperity teachers, Bible teachers, a bad name. That's a gimmick. That's a get-rich-quick thing. That's a bail-me-out thing. And I really can't imagine a scenario where that's God. Amen. The message translations I quoted to you earlier, it says, easy come, easy go. But steady diligence pays off. Bless God, I'm not even going to do anything about that credit card unless I have enough money to pay it off. No, put $100 on that thing. Keep it out of collections. If you can. You know what I mean? Anyway. And then, uh, yeah, I like that one. Proverbs 14, 23 says, In all labor, there's profit. I know you want the angel to walk up and give it to you. And he might, if you're working. If you're giving an effort. But if you're sitting on your couch, playing video games, confessing, my God shall supply, the angels aren't coming to your house. Just telling you. I said the angels are not coming to your house. In all labor, there is profit. But idle talk, empty talk, leads only to poverty. I come up with some people, give me an update. And they tell me all about their, what they're talking about doing. Talk, 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 talk. And a year goes by and they're still, what are they doing? Talk, 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 talk. About what they're doing. Talk, 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 talk. How much money's come in? None, none, none. None, none, none. Burger King's hiring. No, 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 bless God. I've I'm I'm got too much pride for that. All right, I'm going to let you go home. Praise God. <laughs> Say, Pastor, aren't you going to prophesy or do nothing? Nope. Nope. Amen, let's stand up. Glory to God. I tell you what, if you'll get diligent, you will shout. You will shout. Amen.